0: Hello, everybody. Today's guest, Lynn Bowman, self-described snarky grandma, brings a certain element of snark to our conversation when it comes to talking about food and what kind of food is healthy. And she reversed a diabetic diagnosis with food, not medicine, not pricks, not sticks, just eating real food. So we're going to talk about that. We'll also talk about her book. And we do segue into the state of food production these days and how it's meant to be addictive and it was a really great conversation. I hope you'll join us. And if you like the conversation and you think it would help somebody, please share. Thanks so much. This is the rebellious wellness over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ancox, Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50, maybe someday it'll be over 60 and over 70 podcast. Today, my guest is Lynn Bowman. She's done many, many things in her life, but today we're going to talk about her book, Brownies for Breakfast. And we're going to talk about a subject that I have been resisting having a discussion about on this podcast, which is vegan eating, veganism only because I don't recommend it to people that I coach doesn't mean it's bad but I want to have a conversation about that because I think it's important for us to hear all sides of what's out there right Lynn
1: Absolutely yes
0: so welcome you I'm here for you to do You're yeah, here for me okay good Uh so Lynn is a former diabetic who ate her way healthy and I want you to tell us about that because that obviously wasn't the because of you writing your book, but how did it start that you decided that food was going to be your medicine?
1: Well, it's all twisted up in so many things, Greg. As you know, these things are never really discreet by themselves. And there is so much to cover here, but what I typically find myself saying to people is it is really pretty simple. The problem is we are all now just bombarded with all this, quote, information, unquote, By all these folks, typically guys, who are saying, this is right here, what I'm showing you and what you can buy today for $3,999 is the optimal human diet. And I am here today with you, everybody. I'm not selling anything for uh, any kind of programs or anything, but there is really no one optimal human diet. Exactly. more than there's an optimal human. There's quite a variety of us. And and I have made something of a study of what's out there, what are people talking about, and what are the claims they're making? And it goes from paleo, keto, carnivore, vegan, Mediterranean, and intuitive. Yeah. Everybody wants to own a way to eat because that's making money today. Yes. Yeah. The truth is in the details. The truth is in what you may already have figured out for yourself. It's what works for you. And I have experimented with a lot of it because I'm the only person who really will cooperate with my studies. (laughs) (laughs) My poor husband has been vegan and he's been carnivore. I've tried to actually just use myself as a test subject, which has been fun. So I have been vegan and you can be a very healthy vegan, but most people aren't. Because the people that I watch and have experienced who are vegans typically are eating a lot of crap. They're eating sugar. They're eating processed white flour. They're, there's so much food that's perfectly fine vegan food, that's bad food. Uh, and if you're going to be healthy, you really need to be eating a variety of whole Possibly plant-based, but whole, well-sourced food, real food. I'm a believer in the real food diet, (laughs) which at my house we call the snarky grandma diet. (laughs) And why does
0: it have that name?
1: Well, because I may or may not be known as a bit of a snarky grandma, and I may or may not be somebody who says, are you really going to eat that (laughs) out of that bag? Did you read the label? on that food. And I think, in fact, one of the best exercises any of us can do who is interested in being healthier, losing weight, having more energy, whatever, read the label. If it's in a bag or a box, it's probably suspect. And if you force yourself to read the label, and my favorite way of doing it is in my sarcastic, snarky grandma voice aloud to everybody, That usually works because typically if it's in a bag or a box, it's going to be full of sugar. It's going to be full of salt. It's going to be full of trans fats or whatever, whatever. It's not real food. And it has been designed by guys in a building in New Jersey. I think, (laughs) Greg, but yeah, they actually are in New Jersey, a number of them, in the craveability industry and their job is designing food that you can't not eat, that you can't stop eating. And they've been extremely successful. And some of them used to be selling cigarettes, some of these large companies who make craveable food. Mm-hmm. But now they're selling food. Because just like cigarettes, that food is completely addictive. And it kill you, but it's legal.
0: So there, there was a know. whole, um, uh, I can't remember, maybe... Five or more years ago, David Kessler, who used to be the head of the FDA, wrote a couple of books, but it was all about the discussions that I believe went all the way to the Supreme Court about what is addiction? How can you define the word addiction? And can you then relate that to food? And there's so many things that point to the fact that yes, certain food is addictive. And whether we say it's addictive because it creates a hormonal response, which then conditions itself to repeat or whether there's some other quality to it, they could never just say, okay, sugar is addictive. They just wouldn't let it be because of course then they sell less food.
1: That's right. And if you read the science, as, as I do, and I hope you do to some extent. Absolutely. You'll see that the studies have been done and the mice or the humans or whoever was being studied cannot stop eating the sugar. There you go. And in my book, that means addictive. I don't advise that for anybody. But it's really easy if you just think in terms of if it's in a bag or a box and it has a list of ingredients on it, guess what? (laughs) It's probably a bad idea. Most of us, I'm well past 70, and uh, we have eaten out of a bag or a box our whole lives. You know, starting in 40s, 50s, especially early 50s, our moms were thrilled to be able to go to the grocery store and buy Betty Crocker stuff and instant stuff that had um, all this stuff in it that they didn't care about. It's like, I can put this on the table, the kids will eat it and I don't have to cook. They were so happy about that. And so it's taken, you know, 60, 70 years now, and we're swinging back going, wait, wait, what has that, done to us another author i highly recommend greg is uh, michael moss i love michael moss yeah hooked great book to read the subject of designed good read good writer and inspiring hopefully if you're teetering here on should i continue my current path or should i become healthier and perkier um it's all about fueling yourself up the right way And it's about mood. I mean, so much has been discovered about how mood is affected. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Now the big thing, of course, being discussed at length, but for good reason, is intermittent fasting or restricted time eating, which has a very sound basis in science also. Do you experiment with this, Right, I'm a
0: 12-12 kind of girl. There are days when I'll go 14 before I eat breakfast just because I go out early and get busy. That's my program. You- but 12 hours is really good for people that don't... You know, Some people forget that if Greg. they get started at 6, but they didn't stop eating until 7.30 or 8, and they grab that cup of coffee at 6, 6.15 or their breakfast, that's not even 12 hours. And And you
1: asked me about the diabetes part of it. And I want to say that you're never a former diabetic, truly. I went off the wagon. It would not take long at all to have my blood sugars out of control. But the thing that you find is staying on the wagon. And this is the same for heart disease, for kidney disease, really a whole raft of what we are accustomed to having all around us in chronic diseases if you eat like a diabetic you're going to be fine (laughs) it's (laughs) magic and one of the tricks is restricting the time during which you eat so that you have at least if possible 16 to 18 hours between your last meal and your next meal and that's a magic number because again science um because of this thing called autophagy. Have
0: you discussed that? On your show? I, I have not. Scu- Let's talk about autophagy. It's one of my favorite words because it's so unusual. It's
1: it's a great vocabulary word. So it literally means self-eating, kind of grody, but it means that your cells are perfectly capable of doing what we wish all of our kids and husbands would do, which is just to clean up after themselves and recycle <laughs> everything. Our cells want to do this and know how to do this, but they can only do it if we stop shoving food down our gullets. Mm -hmm. Only do it when the food has gone through. And then what they are able to do, it's like the the traffic out there on the freeway and the crew cannot come out until the traffic is gone uh, to fill the holes and so on. But your cells have this phenomenal ability to take all the used up bits and pieces and recycle those molecules and get rid of all the stuff that you don't want. And it goes away just like taking out the trash, Mm -hmm. but it cannot do that unless you leave 16 to 18 hours between the last meal and the first meal. And then when you think, well, okay, but so what's the downside there? Well, it's just like never taking your garbage out there definitely is a downside. Mm-hmm. You start stepping over stuff and your body, same thing. So I know it's a little bit trendy, this whole kind of fasting thing, but it works. It really works to regulate your blood sugar, to get rid of excess weight, to get your lipid. I mean, it, it can be phenomenally effective to get your numbers back in order in a measurable way so you can impress your internist <laughs> next time you go in.
0: And I just want to interrupt you and say for people that are intrigued by this idea or think they want to start it, please check in with your doctor before you start an intermittent fasting program or a restrictive, you know, fast one day, a whole day, whatever it is that you've been reading about. If you're interested in it, I'm a back at 100% for people that it works I wouldn't say for people that it works for, it, it can probably work for everybody. There are certain people that have maybe thyroid issues, that kind of thing that may not want to do this, but that's why I'm saying, check with your doctor, make sure you're starting from a good place. And maybe you need to start with a 12-12 and then go to a 14-10, right? To do it gradually. But And you'll find
1: a comfortable place and a yeah. place that suits who you are and what medical advice you're getting. Also, if you have a doctor who frowns and doesn't support you trying to eat better, um, I highly suggest you maybe look for another one too. Because as we all know, over the years, these folks had an hour of nutrition in medical school and were taught not to sleep. So, which is the other thing I like talking about when I talk about food, Greg, because your body cannot do what it's supposed to do if you're not doing what you need to do sleep-wise as well as food-wise they affect each other completely. If you're eating badly, you'll sleep badly. And if you're sleeping badly, the science says you will want to eat badly as well. Most of us have experienced even just being exhausted for some reason or other and going, I just really need some carbs right now. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I just want a bag of cookies.
1: Yes. And there is a biological reason why that happens. So uh, I hope that you will find great medical advice from people who know a little something about food, and uh, and will support you wanting to know more about healing with food. I mean, it certainly has helped me, uh, and in fact, one of the reasons that I started experimenting with veganism was going to a conference in 2009 with the plantricians who are medical docs, MDs from all over the world, a thousand of them, surgeons, internists, all different kinds of docs who believe in healing with food. And so they're renegades, you know, they're Mm -hmm. maverick and less so today than even four years ago. But uh, it was fascinating to sit and watch the data. I mean, powerpoints from eight in the morning eight o'clock at night one after another another to see where health really comes from and what really affects our health and sorry folks it's food yeah (laughs) well if you
0: think about it it is something that we have to do we have to feed ourselves we have to include some sort of fuel in the system and if the fuel is not Designed specifically for humans, which none of our processed food in the 21st century was, uh, then you can only imagine what can go wrong. I, uh, I would say that one, I just want to point out that one of the things I think trips people up, which you said in the beginning, there's so many diets keto, vegan, whatever, whatever. But then there's also the conversations about you don't have a healthy microbiome, so you need to take care of that first. You're stressed, so you have too much cortisol, you need to work on that. And all of this food idea as prescription for health gets lost in the other things that our attention goes to yeah and let me just say if you get the food thing right i can't say it's going to cure your stress but you won't be stressed about how you feel physically because you'll probably feel pretty good
1: yes absolutely couldn't agree more uh and uh, and i i'm focused right now actually on the fermented foods part mm-hmm. of it because it's a little bit tricky to find good fermented foods i realize and it's because it's real food and for example and i I just discovered something fairly recently through my son who does this kind of thing vos k-v-a-s-s it's fermented beet juice Mm -hmm. which people have been eating and drinking for a thousand years and it's beautiful it's either that glorious yellow gold color from gold beets or the beautiful deep Pink from, from red beets, and it's made out of nothing but beets and water and salt. And it's a wonderful probiotic that you could take a few spoonfuls once a day, add it to something, or eat it before a meal, whatever. That's fabulous. I just finished looking at a study where they're advising, and I can't the exact grams of probiotic food every day, but What it essentially means is, if you're eating three meals a day, try to include some kind of fermented food in each meal. That's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And and you need to know what those are. And many of you already know that that means a good yogurt, a good whole yogurt that has live cultures in it. Kimchi is the thing that a lot of people have been introduced to now, which is, is Korean sauerkraut, essentially or sauerkraut. Everybody knows about sauerkraut in the United States. Perfectly great fermented food. Kombucha isn't kind of trendy and new and fabulous. Well, if you haven't tried it, do. It's yummy and it qualifies as a fermented food. So if you just try and find ways to add those things three, two or three times a day, uh, you're going to see a result. Your microbiome will be happier.
0: And- yeah. I want to give a shout out to a woman who um, wrote a blog post for me uh, about, she's a company that teaches people how to make fermented foods. But the thing I want to point out, her name is Holly H-O-W-E. She also has, I think it's a free report on her website, which pickles and fermented foods commercially made actually have live probiotics in them. Because they all say raw and this and that, and that's not actually the case. So if you are interested in getting a real live product check out Holly Howe's uh, website that you can just type in her name and her website will come up. Um, But I didn't even know that. I thought I was buying really great pickles and really great sauerkraut because it came in a pouch and she said, well, but they use this process and then it kills things. And, you know.
1: So there are a few things like that, right, that you do. But if you just turn your attention to, okay, I want to eat some fermented foods, you'll do what you just did which is to discover which ones are the best quality to talk to people make well the farmers market uh and talk to the young farmers who are bringing uh, products and artisanal uh, you're Go. gonna get some wonderful flavors and pretty foods you know that will spice up what you're doing at the table uh you're not going to get it at a drive through uh unless you count sauerkraut crowd on a bad hot dog
0: <laughs> i have to tell you a funny drive through story Because I was, I'm always looking for something as a healthy choice, even if I'm on the road. And sometimes you're just on the road and you got to eat right. And I saw a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I had thought I heard that they added a grilled chicken sandwich. Now I knew it wouldn't be the best chicken, but I thought at least it's grilled and I can eat it. So I drove up to the window at the drive-through, and I didn't see any grilled anything on the menu. So I said to the woman, "Don't you guys have a?" Grilled chicken sandwich or something, and she cocked her head to one side and she said, Did you read the name? It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. I was like, Okay.
1: Well, people like me who would be diabetic if we didn't behave always, and I advise this to anybody, I never go anywhere without food in my bag. I always have a sugar free protein bar of some kind or two in my bag. I always have nuts. Nuts my are bag. my favorite right and occasionally I will have a little um, I don't know a meat bark you know those little pepperoni stick you can get semi healthy ones now but don't go anywhere hungry is the best way to eat better mistakes are made bad decisions are made right when you find yourself (laughs) out on the road and you got nothing to eat um, because there really is nothing you can drive through in any of those places that is okay there just isn't the salads i mean no because the dressings no Uh, and again and because my particular focus is diabetes what you find out is everything has sugar in it everything Mm -hmm. things that you wait this is a savory product this is it no no it's got sugar in it all that stuff has sugar in it yep so You have to take your own. And so easy to carry fruit with you. People say, well, wait, fruit? That's got, no, no. It's real
0: food. And plus it has fiber, which slows down the digestive process, which means that your blood sugar doesn't spike as if you had a drink of juice instead of the piece of fruit.
1: I don't eat five fruits a day. I eat two, sometimes three. Um, But it's real food. And that's your measure always is, is this a real food? Mm -hmm. Did this on a tree or in the ground? Or did did my grandma make it in the kitchen? I don't know if we have time to talk about kitchen, but um, so many people just really have given up on cooking anything, Greg. Mm. Um, if you've cooked for people for a lot of your life, uh, I raised three, most of, as a single mom. So I was all about getting her done, you know, and cooked all the time. And if I never had to cook another meal as long as I live, I'd be just fine with that but too. It, if you're going to eat well, if you're going to eat healthy, if your microbiome is going to be happy, you're going to have to go to the kitchen and do a few simple things. That's a
0: perfect I'll- segue about your cookbook. Let's talk about ah your cookbook well. and why are brownies a healthy option for breakfast or any other time of day? Nice, well, plug, it. plug it, girlfriend.
1: Okay, right Look at here. that beautiful cover. Thank you. And I worked hard to make it a book that I wanted you to enjoy and read. Uh there's stories in here. I dropped names. I have pictures of all kinds of things in here, my house, um, and other things. But the idea is that one, it should be a pleasure to do, simple to do, forgiving to do. And I took all the photos myself, Greg, with my wow. Eye. So you will make what looks exactly the same as the recipe in the book because I didn't have stylists and lighting people and so on making it all look good. So the brownies are, are you ready for this? And by the way, if you go on my website and sign up, I'll send you the brownie recipe, no obligation, no book buying, nothing, but I want, and I will also send you as a Part of that, uh, a a breakdown of the sugar substitutes that you can be eating now that are great, great for you, won't cause you problems. So my brownie recipe, you ready, is pumpkin, nut butter, allulose is my sugar substitute of choice, Um, cocoa, real cocoa, just plain old cocoa, Uh, eggs or for your vegan pals, egg substitute. And what am I missing? Baking soda, uh, cinnamon. That's about it. You put it in one bowl, you mix it up, you put it in a pan, you cook it. And um, in the book, I say at three fifty. I've since discovered, accidentally, there's a little restaurant close to here that makes them, sells them, and the chef there made a mistake and cooked them on three hundred. And they came out even better. Yeah, we all like a gooey. Yeah. Brown. And then I make a frosting for it. If you've got, and this isn't the only way to do it, but if you've got a Trader Joe's anywhere near you, they sell a sugar-free candy bar called Simply Light, dark chocolate. You put a little bit of like a soy milk, some kind of milk substitute, um, oat milk or something in there. Nuke it. I can hear the gasps now too. People going, wait a minute, you use the microwave? You bet. I do. Um, And you just heat it up, stir it up, and you get this spectacular frosting that's shiny and the perfect consistency, and you put it on top of the brownies. And that's two ingredients now because candy bar, liquid, okay, boom. And then you frost them and you can freeze them. You can carry them with you. You can send them to school with your kids. You can give them to your 85-year-old crabby uncle, you know. Just don't tell them they're sugar-free. Right. Don't give it away. And when you eat one of these, you go, okay, thank you. I've had food. Your whole body responds in a different way than eating a pastry made from sugar and white flour. Um, So it's a meal, literally. And then after your uncle, Ned, has eaten it and is scratching his belly and so on, you can say, how was that, Ned? And he'll go, dang, girl, that was the best brownie I ever ate in my life. He'll go, well, it was sugar free. <laughs> and uh, you can have some fun with that. I think all of us can.
0: He'll say, I you're do- pulling my leg. This ain't no sugar free brownie.
1: Give me that thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you? Yeah.
0: So what is is your website, your name? Lynn with it, an e. Bowman.
1: Yes, exactly. LynnBowman.com uh, And I love to have you on the subscription list and I don't send much out. I do have a few things, three or four things that will come to you in the next few weeks, recipes, tips, useful stuff. Cause boy, I hate getting just deluged on my inbox. Yeah. With stuff. Um,
0: what is it about retailers, even good companies that I find like an organic, some kind of bar shampoo I bought recently that I love. I'm on the list every day, every day. There's a sale. There's a thing. I'm like, people, please.
1: I get everything from every vegan, paleo, keto, carnivore, everybody. Some of these things do have issues that go along with them.
0: Well, and one of the big issues for any of those restrictive, I'm going to call them restrictive, even though they might feel like freedom initially, most people get tired of doing the same thing over and over again. How many times can you count to 20? And that's your carbs for the day if you're on keto and you can only eat certain things this day and no oil another day. You know, it's it gets to be more of a chore than I, I like food to be enjoyable. Even if I have to cook it, I want it to be enjoyable for the people that are eating it and for me.
1: It is not just food, food is pleasure and community and friendship and love and joy. And you need to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've sort of drifted away from that. And it has to do with also kind of honoring the food, I think. Sit yeah. down. You know, don't stand at the sink and eat your food. It, even if you're alone, sit down, put a plate on the table with a napkin. Take your time. Breathe. Um it it isn't just food. Right. You know, it should be a, a bit of a sacrament. It should be uh um, a lovely gift to other people or to yourself and, and, but it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It, it really is pretty simple at heart. It, and it's about getting the best quality food that you can. If you grow a little bit yourself, if you can manage a little raised bed of some kind or a pot on the sink, you know, here's a tip, getting your greens in, you don't think about parsley being a fabulous food. It is. It's one of the best foods you can eat. And if you just have a little pot, I mean, buy it already cut off at the store if you want to, but they, but it, it comes in a bunch. Take that bunch home, put in a little pot of water because it looks great on the sink. It's really pretty. And then just snip some off and put it on everything. Your sandwich, your eggs, you know, whatever you're doing, just put fresh parsley on it. It's great food.
0: Yeah, and nutrition is the key there. The nutrition density of the food is what you want to be aware of. If it's green, alive, if it's orange, red, purple, alive at one point, those are nutrient dense foods. They have fiber as well as phytonutrients, vitamins, and they all work synergistically. So when we say, well, if I eat broccoli, I'm going to get more of the sulforaphane Well, great, but guess what? You're eating broccoli. Forget about the terminology. Just eat the broccoli for the sake of eating some fresh live food. And, you know, put a little butter on it if you want, or olive oil. If you feel like it's just boring, gussy it up. Don't be afraid to add something. Just add something that, again, that is from a real product.
1: Two of the things that the lies, let's say, that we were told about being diabetic years ago well, three. One, diabetes is a progressive disease. No, it's not. Okay, bottom one. Two, if you're diabetic, you need to eat small meals all day. No, you don't. No. And then what's the third one? I, well, I was remember. talking about
0: butter and oil. Maybe they're saying you can't oh, eat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, eat fat. Eat good fat. Just eat real food fat. Don't eat fake trans fat. Eat right. good fat. Uh, good food. Eat real food. There we are again. That's the prescription. Yeah. And. The science now about longevity, and there's so many people because this cohort that we're talking about. um, And I'm 77, so I'm right. I was born in 1946, boomer year, first boomer year. So now we have all these people that will be coming into boomer years. Um, The science tells us about longevity that the people who live the longest are um, mean, old, skinny women. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> I didn't know about the mean part.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of making that up. But w- we all saw this gal who was French, who was 118 or something recently, who was the oldest person in the world. And of course, she drank a lot of red wine and she smoked a cigarette. She smoked, yeah. It. All right. But she was French. So me, you know, and I am too. So I can say that. And But the the science tells us that it is the Mediterranean diet, or that type of diet, which is associated with longevity all over the world in various ways. And all that means is these folks eat some fish, they eat some meat, but it's meat that they've seen on the hoof, and they eat lots of real food and no fake food. So, fruits, vegetables, you know, stuff they've grown. Um, And they walk up a hill, down the hill with their critters, and they have a social life, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the piece I like to reconnect with food. I don't want anyone eating alone all the time. And if you are eating alone all the time, I hope you'll think about it and think, well, what could I do? You know, who could I just call up and say, and, you know, Janine, you want to just get together and eat this afternoon, you bring something and I bring something, or do you want to volunteer for, I mean, whatever you have to do, if you can manage to eat more meals with one or two, a toddler for Pete's sake, right? Um, <laughs> you can, there's nothing more fun, by the way, my grandson is 17 months old now, and he is into his food big time. In fact, I want to do, I think, a show about, about cooking with toddlers. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) This one just messy and crazy and fun. I think that would be so cool. So if there's anybody in your life, listeners, who might be more fun than you think as a lunch companion or a breakfast guest or something too, but if I'm in a restaurant, I don't mind talking to people. And you can make a friend in a restaurant. Um, Great thing about being a woman of a certain age, you're not scary anymore. So you can just be that nice lady who said, oh, what are you eating? That looks really good.
0: I embarrass so, my husband all the time by doing that. Good girl. <laughs> I love that. I'm usually just curious. If something does look good, I want to know what they're eating because I might want to have it. But also, you know, but while you're waiting for your food, it's nice to chat.
1: Men struggle with that. You know, they're not wired to do that. but mm-hmm. we are. So I will flirt with babies, with Cocker Spaniels, with... <laughs> anybody because it's fun Um, and you learn stuff that way you make friends
0: and I think we can tie this up with the connection piece because we started talking about connecting to food right really that's what you're talking about connecting to the kinds of food you're putting in your body and that has to start with the kind of life you want to have you know our habits today are creating our future six months from now a year from now five years from now and as the years accumulate on the already gone side and the ones ahead of us are fewer, I don't know if anybody been listening, but for me, it becomes more and more important for me to make sure that I do everything I can to enjoy what's left. And that includes being healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's no way really to particularly enjoy what's left without your health.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh,
1: and it ends up a little political. It ends up costing us all of our money when we have a health problem in the united states 85% of our bankruptcies are because of health yeah problems. so there you go um eat well and enjoy your food and stay healthy so you can play with greg and me and the other fabulous women who are coming along and men too i mean i you know i shouldn't i shouldn't be so sexist um mm-hmm but yeah it's likely if you're over 75 as i am that most of your female friends are single
0: is it really yeah wow
1: when you think about it you realize that uh and that's certainly happening to me now uh which is is interesting um not not necessarily a bad thing it's life yeah and but we we women live longer and um and now I'm hoping we will live healthier. I'm I'm wishing that with everyone. Um, and we gotta find ways to enjoy that as much as yeah. possible.
0: Start with brownies for breakfast. Lynn Absolutely. Bowman, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. It's been a great conversation and uh, I wish you the best. Yeah. Be well till next time, everybody. I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at RebelWell50. Same on Twitter. Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously.